Why, is Ricardo going to get some stick in a minute? Excellent. No, well, I'll try, let's try and keep it, you know, fairly... Uh, no, no. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, OK. We're on podcast 67. Welcome to Wiggly Wigglers, and we're on the Wiggly sofa in the new year. High five, Rich. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Farmerville. We've secretly got a new guest on the sofa, but she can't speak yet because we've only got three mics just at the moment, but that doesn't matter. So, welcome, Karen. Isn't that a shame? Hello, Heather. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have got four mics, it's just that somebody I know has lost the mic lead. Uh, Who's that? No idea. No, me. Must be toast, I think. <laughs> I don't live here. Now, Wiggly Wigglers, new slogan. The mm. thing is, Wiggly Wigglers, we've admitted it, we are eco-gardening, eco-living and eco-flowers. Excellent. Happy with that? Uh, I think so. Thing is, maybe you don't like it, listener. If not, <laughs> can you please send us in a paragraph? Let's just a little sentence and if we use it... We'll send you a T-shirt. How can I be more generous than We've that? We've been struggling, haven't we? We've been struggling with a, a sufficient logo, really. We've got to have a description that people understand quickly. Yeah. You know, when we go to an event, they just say, Wiggly Wormies? We're not Wiggly Wormy. Or a bit Wiggly Wormy. We are. Lots of other stuff as well, aren't we? Absolutely. Anyway, thanks to Neil Foley for last week's show and um, with his interview where he told us all about Bukashi. And thanks to him also for his input on The Trouble With Farmers Is, because he's a bit worried on his blog that he may have gone too far because he didn't realise they were so friendly and reasonable, these leaf farmers. Right. But you didn't. It's absolutely fine. According to Richard, you didn't go far enough. Is that right, Richard? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you can never go too far to criticise farmers. <laughs> Well, given the opportunity our Rich had with yeah. 20 of them, I'm surprised he didn't bring a shotgun and thin them out a bit, knowing his <laughs> oh, attitude. I don't know. I can still see the beads uh, of sweat on his They weren't the sort of farmers that need thinning, though. That's, that's the unfortunate thing. Is Again, it's a, it's a classic case of a so uh, group Rich, of reasonable people. Amongst them, including myself, you might find a bit of eco-farming, if you're good. Yeah, not including you, Phil. <laughs> There's no eco-farming that goes on here. Richard... <laughs> That's a four-letter word, as far as you're concerned. Four-letter word. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I knew you weren't very good with prices, Mitch, but that, that tells me a lot. <laughs> OK, I'm going to yeah. read out our latest review on the US iTunes. Informative and fun, what's not to love? Five stars from Bill Sharrett. I happened upon Wiggly Wigglers by chance a few months ago and I've been listening regularly ever since. The podcast is produced by a team passionate about biodiversity, sustainable agriculture, rich, and support of the rural way of life. This is not a series of dry lectures or agenda-driven propaganda. Rather, we join a group of friends discussing, laughing and debating issues faced by those who enjoy or earn their living from the countryside. Information and suggestions are practical and tested in the real world. This is an arena where idealism, passion and innovation is navigating a course through pragmatism, commercial pressure and institutional inertia. Serious themes are presented by people who care deeply about their community and environment, yet who seriously enjoy a giggle winding up a close friend. I live thousands of miles away from the Wiggly Couch, 
couch, not sofa, mm. in England. But this entertaining and informative podcast has opened my eyes to a wider variety of issues, giving me access to tools and methods I can use to improve the health of my own little patch of the environment. Subscribe now, enjoy the podcast, and tell your friends to do the same. Wow. I couldn't have said anything better myself. How articulate, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And he's also written to me about the cat fight. But we'll come to that in a while, because mm. Karen's here to join in uh, with yes. us on the cat fight. Well, yes, Bill is the, uh, is the response that I've copied, just in case you're likely to throw a few things in there that aren't quite truthful. Thank you, Richard. Uh, <laughs> he seems to be on the defensive here. <laughs> <laughs> I have to watch my back. I'm going to tell a little story later on. Are you? Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> I must tell you, listener, that we've got a farm walk coming up on Sunday the 25th of February. So if you listeners in Australia, California, New York, Washington, <laughs> Gibraltar, Sweden would like to pop over, mm. it's between 2 and 4pm right. and this is what you've got to look forward to. There's a guided walk on nature. You're going to see wildlife corridors, you're going to have rights of way explained and you're going to find out about worms and composting and you're going to visit the beef herd and it's funded by the government and it's their access project of encouraging people onto farms. Well, where are you going to go and uh, see the wildlife corridors? Oh, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's pushing it now, isn't he? <laughs> Sack him. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, 25th of February, all welcome, especially Australians, Canadians, Americans, Swedes, Swiss. Swedes. <laughs> Swedes. I do like a good Swede. Yeah, I'm Swedes here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and we've got feedback on shooting coming up. We've got Alison popping in with Plant of the Month, mm-hmm. Week. Right. Plant of the week. Plant month, of the week. Year. <laughs> Whatever it is. And my favourite plant of the week thus far, I think. Really? It will be, yeah, yeah. Mm, tasty. Job. Yeah, yeah. Do you cook with it? My one of my fave multifaceted wild plants. Another kitchen aid of plant life. Yeah, yeah. Now, Richard, have you had a chance yet to listen to the podcast that I think is for you? The NCN no. podcast. No, I haven't because uh, I didn't get a chance last night and oh, I'm going to listen to it though. I mean, do you want to tell me a little bit about it? I mean, oh. yeah, you did say it's for you, Rich, because you are frugal fishborn and it would suit you down to the ground. You've got to listen to it. For anyone who wants to save their pennies, you've just got to listen to it, Rich. It's the podcast for you, NCN podcast. Right. Do, do it. It'll make me worse though. <laughs> do you think it'll make me even tighter? Well, I think you'll find a home there. Yeah. I think you'll feel at home. I think you'll become part of that community. Just right. listen to it. Yeah, it's yeah, fab. Yeah. Go and listen to it. I'm going to, definitely. We, right. do, we do know, as of the last ten minutes, that the frugal fishbourne can be made to change his ways because he has confessed that he has sawn up every wooden ladder he has in his possession. Woodworm and all, yeah, they have gone. So if you throw him off a house roof, he will change his ways. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also acting as a ladder consultant. Is he a little glint yes. in Phil's eye when he said it. <laughs> he said that. Yes, Richard has a new job title. I've asked him to rewrite his job description, which I haven't seen. But this morning, I've heard of his new job, which is ladder consultant. Excellent. Can you share with us, Rich, what happened this morning on the phone with my brother Billy? Oh, Billy. 
Billy said, because, you know, Billy's coming to, uh, to dig this pond for me. And hopefully when it dries out a little bit, so next couple of weeks, next week, hopefully. So anyway, I rang Billy up. Like Heather, Billy's got a slightly peculiar voice, sounding voice. In all ways. <laughs> so, 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 so I hello, said, Billy. Oh, hello, Billy, how are you? He said, oh, all right, all right, Richard. <laughs> uh, I said, a bit windy out there, Billy, because it was it blew in a hooly, isn't it? I mean, it's just, yeah. it's quietened down a bit now, but last night... Well, Monty's trampoline is in the pond. Yeah, Monty's trampoline's in the pond. <laughs> Jodie came in looking like as though she'd been dunked headfirst in the pond. Yes, she did. And, uh, and there's a whole world of compost bins right the way across uh, Blakemere. Well, yes, there's one up the hill. I found really? it in the ditch. <laughs> yeah. The multifaceted composter yeah. is in the ditch. I think there's a Dalek in the farm pond. Yes, there's just, a Dalek yeah, there in is, the farm yeah, there's pond. There's stuff all over yeah. the place. But anyway. Anyway, but he said, he said, oh, he said oh, you haven't been up any ladders recently, have you, Richard? I said, no, Billy, I haven't. Uh, strangely enough, because across this ladder thing's been going on a while now, you know. Yeah. Yes. You could get fed up with it after no, a while. No, no, we don't. <laughs> anyway, I said, no, no, I'm not going up any ladders, Billy, at all. I'm giving out a miss for a while, you know, until I've completely got myself together. And uh, like Phil said, I was chopping up a few wooden ladders on the weekend. And uh, Billy said, well, he said, I, I muff up a ladder in a minute, Richard, with Brother George. I said, what are you, what are you doing that for? He said, That's well, a local we, monk. We had a- <laughs> yeah. um, Brother George is also a sibling of Sister Hebs. So... So um, so anyway, I said, oh, you, you'll be careful now, Billy, because it really is blowing a hooli out there. He said, oh, I will be careful. We lost our roof last night over our warehouse. Our shed roof got blown off. It's all the way across the fields. I said, the thing is, Billy, you need to be really careful because if you're going to grab sheets of tin now, you're going to be flying straight away across that field and you're not going to be in a good way. And as the listener may know, Billy... It's one of the fortunate people that managed to have a new heart popped yes. into his chest. How unfortunate that would be. So, uh, so, it's so a after new, all that. Brand new heart. Especially after. But he's splattered with yeah, a piece of corrugated you know, iron. And it's on the NHS as well. A taxpayer <laughs> paid good money for Billy's ticker. No parachuting, Billy. No yeah. parachuting with corrugated So that's so said, kind, isn't it? Don't Richard, don't ladder consultant. I shall add that to the job description mm. then at the bottom. <laughs> Right, okay. <laughs> I think actually it'd be a good idea that we possibly ought to send him on a bit of training as well, just to make sure that he's up to the spec on that. A bit of, uh, a bit of ladder climbing training. Mm. Well, Jodie would be the person to take me on that, wouldn't she, I think? Onward. <laughs> <laughs> More feedback. Hello there, Wiggly team. Even though I've purchased mealworms from Wiggly for some time, I've only just discovered the pod. Isn't that nice? They shortened it to pod. Yeah. And with my husband and scamp, the Jack Russell, spent a very enjoyable evening catching up with all the previous podcasts. That's a long evening because it's 35 hours now. (laughs) No matter. I haven't laughed so much for a long time. Heather, could we have more on feeding wild birds? I'll be listening now for more podcasts. Happy New Year, Mark and Angela Blackwell. And not forgetting scamp the dog. Maybe we've missed a bit on bird feed. We'll put that on to a yeah. show coming we soon. Have to, we have talked. I mean, I, I think last winter we spent a lot of time, didn't we, talking about different sort of bird feeds and techniques of putting bird feed out and bits and bobs like that. But, yeah, I guess we haven't talked about it much this winter. We've talked about loads of different things, haven't we? But, yeah, bird feed hasn't really been a feature. So, thank you, Angela. We'll put it on the agenda. Mm. We'll put it on the podcast schedule for coming up soon. And coming up soon is Robin Page. Yeah, Robin's coming in on the 31st of January. So, in actual fact, it will be the Monday after that that the listener will get a chance to listen to what Robin's got so to say. So, very early February. 
Are we eating squirrel that day? Yeah, Rachel's going to get us some uh, some squirrel burgers together. <laughs> so we, yeah, Robert's going to have a little. Does he know <laughs> he's going to have the chance to feast on some squirrel burgers? So I'm looking forward to that. Fantastic. And because we haven't done a live podcast for some time, there's just tons of feedback. So I'm just going to plough through it. Right. And this is from Martin Bailey, and he says, "Just catching up with the podcast, listening to number fifty-eight at the moment. The thing is, why can hardly anyone pronounce?" Anemone. It's not anemone. It's anemone. Not anemone. It's anemone. Actually, if the listener can see what I can see now. <laughs> would you it's like? Hard, to, would would you like to try that with a southern muscles. accent? <laughs> it's anemone. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, that's it. Rant over. Perhaps you can mention it. Then people will p- try to pronounce it properly. Happy New Year, Martin. Martin, move on, babe. Okay, we'll human. Can you say anemone? Anemone. So rather than anemone, it's anemone, isn't it? That's what he's trying to say. It's a bit like <laughs> remuneration or remuneration. Because people always say remuneration, don't they? Can, you, can I be remunerated? And of course it's remuneration. God's sake, could somebody it? shut yeah, yeah. him up? <laughs> can you say it then? Flower. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. <laughs> Phil the flower. <laughs> and now we've got a bit of uh, feedback on the shooting podcast. Did you read the article from Jamie Oliver? Well, I haven't read in... it. I've kind of skipped through it. It's a great little article, I'll isn't give it? you this. It's yeah. in Stella, which was the 7th of January's episode in the Sunday Telegraph. And it, I just thought it was um, an interesting article. And the key thing was that he said... Generally, I find the people involved with the sport very aware of the environment. Few other sports can claim this, and I think this is one of the best things about shooting. My favourite thing, though, is the game itself. It's a brilliant source of quality meat with plenty of vitamins and nutrients. And most of all, it's incredibly cheap when bought close to source, and it's absolutely delicious. It's a common misconception that game is very strong tasting, but it doesn't have to be. It's true that some people like to hang it without gutting it before they eat it, but you don't have to. And if you don't, it's actually pretty mild in flavour. A partridge tastes no stronger than the leg meat on an organic chicken. And if I cook the rabbit I shoot in my garden, my wife and kids think it's the best ever chicken. (laughs) Not a word, please. (laughs) Like that. And then I got an email in from Tony... Who says, Hi Heather, I thought the piece on shooting was excellent. Phil's comments struck a good balance between the excesses that I also think exist in the sport and the very sane and natural activity of going out to shoot game that is then eaten and enjoyed. At least shooters are sufficiently in touch with nature to be able to accept the killing, feathering and dressing needed to prepare their own food, which is surely more honest than expecting someone else to do it for you. In an age when organic food is supposedly at a premium, I'm astonished that we undervalue game the way we do. I've seen single pheasants in the feather in a French market retailing at 15.50 euros and mallard at 12.50, along with rabbits, hares, etc. They're all obviously sought after as well. 
I believe we need to advertise the fact that the continuing existence of much that is varied and attractive in our countryside owes itself to game management, that without it, even more marsh, hedgerow, woodland and cover would have disappeared, and that this, together with the control of vermin, is of huge benefit to the so many non-quarry species. I thought Phil's assessment was reasoned, calm and articulate. We need more people prepared to publicise the worth and the benefits of shooting and we shouldn't feel the need to be defensive about it. Tony. Now, I must say that Tony is involved in shooting down anyway, and he says that in the beginning, so in case you think that he's not, he is. But he listened to the podcast and thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, that's great. And he brings up one point that I hadn't actually thought of, which is relevant to all food, but if people go to the butcher or the game dealer or whoever and want to buy a pheasant or a partridge to eat, if you ask where it's come from, ask what the shoot's like that it's come from and so on, all the same rules apply to when you buy your beef, your pork or whatever. So that if you just ask where it's come from, you can make a decision as to whether the method with which that shoot is run is acceptable to you. Mm-hmm. So that his, he's right in saying that there are excesses within the sport and everybody's balance is different. What's this non-quarry lark? Quarry species are the species that aren't protected, have no protected status, so i.e. The, the pheasants and the partridge and the duck and all that kind of stuff. So ones that you are allowed to shoot? So the ones you're allowed to shoot need. Mm-hmm. So he's saying that that benefits the other birds too by right. feeding the... It can do. I mean, we've, we, we did talk about this briefly. I mean, woodcock are a classic example of benefiting from rides being cut into woodland and whatnot to accommodate the feeding of pheasants because they're a kind of inland wader, really, so they're, they're probing in amongst the rides, you know, especially in slightly wet areas and whatnot. And, uh, and presumably finches and whatnot will benefit from grain that's distributed when feeding pheasants. And also traditional game cover crops that are grown to rear game in are great for all bird species yeah. because you've yeah, got all, right. all different plant species, millet, quinoa, yeah. sorghum sunflower all these things all grown as a mixture yeah and of course they're left you know they're left they're not harvested at the end of the year they're left to accommodate the birds right through the right through the winter time feed them got an email in from sweden from robert gowan so hello robert he says hedge heather but i think that's probably hay heather because it's (laughs) h-e-j yeah i live (laughs) that's a very safe assumption (laughs) i live in sweden and i'm an avid listener of your podcast I also work for John Deere, and it was great to hear Farmer Phil say great things about his JD tractor a couple of months ago. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Nothing runs like a deer. However, that's not the point of this email. The point is Bukashi. After hearing about Bukashi numerous times on your podcast, I've done a little research, and I think it would be a great product for the Swedish market. Environmental awareness is really high in Sweden, and Bukashi composting would allow people to make a significant positive contribution to the environment. And so he's asked me for details on the buckets, etc. From Excellent. There are some suppliers in Sweden. I met a couple of people from Sweden when I was in Bavaria for the, you know, for the AIM conference there. Brilliant. Well, nice Richard speeds. will let you know, uh, Robert, of a Swedish supplier. And he's also got back in touch to me to talk about can of worms, which he's also interested in using. But, of course, it is raving cold. I was just going to say that Bokashi in a very cold place would be great because obviously conventional composting methods outside are going to be slowed down for all the reasons that cold give them. Mm. But Bokashi inside will work absolutely perfectly and then help the composting later on, even if it's slow. Yeah, as mm. long as the Bokashi buckets are kept inside, of course. Yeah. 
I think it's time for a Monty's Wormcast. Monty's Worm Facts Having worms in your soil is a really good sign that it's healthy. Thank you, Monty. I'm really pleased that today on the Wiggly Sofa we are able to welcome Karen. Uh, now, Michael, as you know, he rules this podcast in terms of editing it, and he, at the moment he's just saying that we're running out of time. So if we do get cut off, this will be our first ever podcast to just cut in the middle of a sentence, and we'll be back next week. But if we manage to get it all in, well, that's fine. But just in case that happens, that's what we'll be. We've just lost, we've just lost three minutes from you saying that. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hold Carry on? on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Over to you, Rich. Well, it is particularly nice to have Karen with us today. Because Karen's, uh, she's, she's foolishly, some might say, <laughs> come, to, come to work at Wiggly Wigglers. How long have you been with us now, Karen? Uh, since the end of October. Right, right. Because you started, didn't you, after I had my unfortunate accident. And uh, I was kind of working from home when you started here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first viewing I had of Richard was hobbling through the office door. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was listening um, the other night to a podcast from Anna Farmery, who were doing our, you know, oh, yeah. dieting together. Yeah. And it was about humour in the workplace. And it said, you must surround yourself with people with humour in the work. It's really important. And I couldn't help but think of Karen and our job interview together. Because right. I, I said this to was Karen, come up. I said to Karen, and is there anything else? Because, of course, Rachel and I were really nervous. I don't know yeah. who Karen was, but we were really nervous. I said, is there anything else that you'd like to mention um, in, in this interview? To which I replied, I'm not a serial killer. Heaven alone knows where it came from. Please, no, him. That's good. Great, great interview technique. Yeah. So, I, I take you unapplied for a job for some time. Richard. So we had to have her, and that was it. Yeah, Carry on. Yeah, yeah. no, fantastic. I mean, it's a shrewd choice on your part, I think. Definitely. Um, Thank you. But no, it, it is, it's lovely to meet Karen, Ashley. We've had some great conversations in the office and whatnot, haven't we? We have, yes. And really, uh, you've said that in many respects, coming to Wigley is, is, is very much part of a, a kind of change in, in lifestyle for you. Yes, it because is. Because what were yeah. you doing before? Something that was slightly more hectic? Well, Heather said it was quite boring. And, um, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> to which I confess it was 24 years of working within the legal environment and latterly right. as an office manager. Right, right, right. So that's a good spell in one it particular is. environment. Yeah, it yeah. Is. So a, a change was, <laughs> couldn't come soon I've enough, heard, really. I've heard all the lawyer jokes. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, don't think sure. I said it was boring. I think I said it could be. If you, you know... So, so, so what was your what was your kind of main you know the the idea for for sort of leaving there coming here and then taking up all sorts of different initiatives? I just felt that I needed a real break, and I listened to a couple of the podcasts, and well, I saw the advert, and then listened to a couple of podcasts, and I thought. Yeah, I could work for people like that. They're yeah. crazy. <laughs> really? So you were saying this is a podcast before you applied for an interview? There That's we incredible. are. That really is quite something. Yeah. And I still came for the interview, yeah, yeah. so there you go. Absolutely. So what, you know, how, how has your life changed now? I mean, you've obviously reduced the amount of hours you're working. Absolutely, yeah. So um, I've been working full-time since I left school, <coughs> however many years ago. Yeah. And um, I just decided that I'd like to work three days a week. So... 
the, the days that you're not working, what kind of stuff do you find yourself doing at home now? <laughs> well, my husband would say, <laughs> sitting watching the television, not <laughs> doing the housework. But in reality, it just gives me a bit more time to look after my chickens. And yeah, fantastic. And I've put in an order with you, haven't I, for a couple of light Sussex hens you're going to put in, yes, the, in so an incubator. Um, um, yeah. for Mr Cockrell to do his thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many hens have you got? I've got about 50 at the moment. Right. And turkeys. No turkeys. Well, you did have turkeys. Did have turkeys. Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) You ate them. (laughs) Yeah, all gone. (laughs) Uh, They were pretty massive as well, weren't they, by all accounts? They were, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Michael requested a small one and (laughs) ended up with he weighing in at £25. <laughs> 25 pounds of turkey, turkey meat. between Mary and Michael, <laughs> to which he great. had to what butcher it. Wonderful its picture off. you've got in your mind. <laughs> Michael was spitting feathers the last time he came in. <laughs> gobble, gobble, yeah, gobble. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fair play. And then was it, was it tasty, Michael? Was it turkey really tasty? It was a delicious turkey, Richard, and we finished it by January the 4th. <laughs> <laughs> 2008. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so really all your animals, your kind of livestock, because you've got a couple of sheep, haven't you? A couple of rylands, yes, you said yeah. you've got. Is it, are they all kept in a sort of organic environment? They are as best I can. Right. So kind of natural foodstuffs and, uh, and, a, and a fairly natural instant death but a happy life a, li- a happy lifetime I, I was just about to say a stress-free environment yeah yeah <laughs> until the moment of death yeah yeah which Fantastic. is basically what we're aiming for so really you're looking at sort of self-sufficiency i mean is it does, do you think that the amount of time you're spending now at home concentrating on looking after your animals and your and your crops you know your vegetables and bits and pieces like that do you think it's kind of improving your state of mind you, absolutely yeah yeah, I've always been very environmentally conscious, right. but really we made the decision to try and reduce food miles, which I know is a hot topic with Heather. Um, never mind the air miles, but no, I'm sure that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll have that round sometime soon. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, told yeah. when I started there were two topics of hot conversation. One was cats and the other was air travel, to which I foolishly said, what was that about air travel? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I've got Phileas Fogg sat next to me. <laughs> So we have some great debates. Lilius. Yeah. So yeah, but that's right. We won't get into that now. We won't get into that now. Another day, because of course we have to think about the value of our travel and what we're doing when we get there. Yeah, are we fishing something sharing our something principles? you picked up recently, hasn't it? And by way of trying to come back with, it, with some sort of constructive argument for the, for the pros of uh, fruit in the environment. But, but anyway, I don't want to go in. We won't go into that now. We won't Actually, into, I think that was a little dig, and now. maybe I should come back, but I'll leave it. <laughs> You're going to have plenty of ch- a chance to insult me any, in, in any moment now, I think. But, so, but obviously, one of the things, I mean, Heather and I are having a banter across the across the office as we do sometimes Heather starts to go red and starts spitting and stuff and getting quite wondering why she's employed this guy who she's paying to argue with on, on the office I do office. wonder that actually it's funny you should say that <laughs> and then of course uh, Karen who was also employed to do something other than argue decided to uh, to join us for this great cat debate she did uh, because we've had some really good feedback about it haven't we 
And uh, and Karen was um, was not sitting on the fence, but she was just, just taking the middle ground, really. Um, no, she wasn't. Well, I thought I was in with Heather. Actually. Absolutely. <laughs> what are you thinking of? Which of course is why. Which of course is why you are here today. Nice Heather's try, invited Richard. you by, by way of an ally. <laughs> Again, Fishbourne is uh, now, is overwhelmed with you on the by air a... travel, Richard, but not the cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Phil is now pretending to shoot me from across the other side of the room. Okay, on that okay. cat front. Should I um, read out uh, an email that I've got? You can do, yeah. All right. In your own time. Oh, and can you hear that chomping sound? Because the thing is... The men folk have got chocolate. Karen and I haven't, of course. And if you want to join in with my diet this year, go to middleagedshed.co.uk. <laughs> and I've got a new podcast, and you're not to listen to it, Rich, because I say my... Middle Shed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Shed. Like, like losing it, like the Does that have girls. corrugated iron on it? Or? <laughs> <laughs> shed, I was going to say, what I mean, the size of a shed. <laughs> Steely glance you from Heather. You should have seen the expression on <laughs> Heather's face then. What a pity it's not a video cast. Moving on. Yeah. And put my... <laughs>